The Pressure Test Matthew 26, 26-75 While they were eating, Jesus took some bread, and after a blessing, he broke it and gave it to the disciples, and said, Take, eat, this is my body. And when he had taken a cup and given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for forgiveness of sins. But I say to you, I will not drink of this fruit of the vine from now on until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. After singing a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. Then Jesus said to them, You will all fall away because of me this night, for it is written, I will strike down the shepherd, and the sheep of the flock shall be scattered. But after I have been raised, I will go ahead of you to Galilee. But Peter said to him, Even though all may fall away because of you, I will never fall away. Jesus said to him, Truly I say to you, that this very night before a rooster crows, you will deny me three times. Peter said to him, Even if I have to die with you, I will not deny you. All the disciples said the same thing too. Then Jesus came with them to a place called Gethsemane and said to his disciples, Sit here while I go over there and pray. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee and began to be grieved and distressed. Then he said to them, My soul is deeply grieved to the point of death. Remain here and keep watch with me. And he went a little beyond them and fell on his face and prayed, saying, My father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. And he came to the disciples and found them sleeping and said to Peter, So you men could not keep watch with me for one hour. Keep watching and praying that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit is willing but the flesh is weak. He went away again a second time and prayed, saying, My father, if this cannot pass away unless I drink it, your will be done. Again he came and found them sleeping, for their eyes were heavy. And he left them again and went away and prayed a third time, saying the same thing once more. Then he came to the disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Behold, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is being betrayed into the hands of sinners. Get up, let us go, and behold, the one who betrays me is at hand. While he was still speaking, behold, Judas, one of the twelve, came up, accompanied by a large crowd with swords and clubs, who came from the chief priests and elders of the people. Now he who was betraying him gave them a sign, saying, Whomever I kiss, he is the one, seize him. Immediately Judas went to Jesus and said, Hail, Rabbi, and kissed him. And Jesus said to him, Friend, do what you have come for. Then they came and laid hands on Jesus and seized him. And behold, one of those who was with Jesus reached and drew out his sword and struck the slave of the high priest and cut off his ear. Then Jesus said to him, Put your sword back into its place. All those who take up the sword shall perish by the sword. Or do you think that I cannot appeal to my father, and he will at once put at my disposal 
more than 12 legions of angels? How then will the scriptures be fulfilled which say that it must happen this way? At that time, Jesus said to the crowds, Have you come out with swords and clubs to arrest me as you would against a robber? Every day I used to sit in the temple teaching, and you did not seize me. But all this has taken place to fulfill the scriptures of the prophets. Then all the disciples left him and fled. Those who had seized Jesus led him away to Caiaphas the high priest, where the scribes and the elders were gathered together. But Peter was following him at a distance as far as the courtyard of the high priest and entered in and sat down with the officers to see the outcome. Now the chief priests and the whole council kept trying to obtain false testimony against Jesus so that they might put him to death. They did not find any, even though many false witnesses came forward. But later on, two came forward and said, This man stated, I am able to destroy the temple of God and to rebuild it in three days. The high priest stood up and said to him, Do you not answer? What is it that these men are testifying against you? But Jesus kept silent. The high priest said to him, I adjure you by the living God that you tell us whether you are the Christ, the Son of God. Jesus said to him, You have said it yourself. Nevertheless, I tell you, whereafter you will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of power and coming on the clouds of heaven. Then the high priest tore his robes and said, He has blasphemed. What further need do we have of witnesses? Behold, you have now heard the blasphemy. What do you think? They answered, He deserves death. Then they spat in his face and beat him with their fists, and others slapped him and said, Prophesy to us, you Christ. Who was the one who hit you? Now Peter was sitting outside in the courtyard, and a servant girl came to him and said, You too were with Jesus the Galilean. But he denied it before them all, saying, I do not know what you are talking about. When he had gone out to the gateway, another servant girl saw him and said to those who were there, This man was with Jesus of Nazareth. And again he denied it with an oath, I do not know the man. A little later, the bystanders came up and said to Peter, Surely you too are one of them, for even the way you talk gives you away. Then he began to curse and swear, I do not know the man. And immediately a rooster crowed. Peter remembered the word which Jesus had said, Before a rooster crows, you will deny me three times. And he went out and wept bitterly. Throughout our lives, we will go through a number of pressure tests. The pressure test purpose is to produce an eternal work on the inside of us, producing Christ's life within us, which enables us to live differently and live lives that bring glory to the Father. The lives that glorify the Father now and continue to are earning for themselves rewards for the future. Colossians 3 verse 24 talks about the reward of inheritance for all those who serve the Lord. For us to be a people who overcome and receive the overcomer's promises that Revelation 2 and 3 speak of, we will have to go through a number of pressure tests just like this one in Matthew 26. I want to look at the pressure tests that Peter faced in Matthew 26, 26 to 75 
where he claimed to live by one reality, but when the pressure went on, he was found to fall short of the reality he professed. He couldn't live out his own words. The pressure revealed Peter's true heart position, and the pressure that God allows reveal our true heart position. There is incredible purpose to the pressure test, and if we will allow the pressure test to fulfill its purpose and learn what we are supposed to, then we will receive an abundance of life in us, which will shape the way we live our lives. The pressure test see if a work is done or not because of what God wants to entrust with us now and in the future. When we look at this entire passage from verse 26 to 75, we see a number of key observations and a pattern to which we need to be aware. It's amazing how God always gives us the solution to whatever the pressure test is. Whatever we go through, God always supplies what we need to go through and overcome the test. It's just whether we can see this and respond accordingly. Our choices in the pressure test determine what we go through and how we go through the test, while at the same time, God can and will redeem us, even if we fail the pressure test miserably. Sometimes it's in the failing of the pressure test that we learn the most. We learn what we really need to learn so we can fulfill what we are truly called to. This certainly was Peter's reality and lesson. Peter needed to have his true heart position revealed to himself. He was ever going to fulfill his assignment as an apostle, which was what God had for him. It was in failing the pressure test that he saw his true state and wept bitterly. Verse 75. Only now can he start to move towards his true calling. Jesus knows Peter is going to go through this pressure test, and he also knows he will fail it miserably. Hence, he tells him he will deny him three times before the rooster crows. But what Jesus does before this is to speak prophetically into and over Peter and tell him he will, in fact, go where he is going. He speaks this true prophetic reality to put courage into Peter, to help Peter face the pressure test he is about to face. John 13, 36. Even though Peter doesn't draw on these words from Jesus in the pressure test and through being revealed his true heart position, goes back to fishing instead of going to Galilee and waiting for Jesus. This didn't and doesn't stop Jesus speaking life and calling Peter towards his true calling. Jesus does all this because of his incredible love for us and because of how much he believes in us and who he is calling us to become. This is all done for the glory of his Father. God is so for us, it's mind-blowing. Romans 8, 31 This empowered me to go through the pressure test which caused so much more love and life and hope to be formed within me. What's interesting is that before the big macro test that Peter would ultimately face, there was a micro test in Gethsemane. Peter, James and John failed the mini pressure test in the Garden of Gethsemane when they couldn't stay awake and keep watch and pray for and with Jesus. Jesus rebuked them three times which was the same number that Peter denied Christ. 
It's interesting how God allows smaller tests to prepare us for the bigger tests. And yet if we don't learn what we are supposed to learn in the smaller tests, the bigger tests can crush us. As mentioned previously, the crushing can be a good thing when it brings us to a place of humility and repentance and turn to him. He gives us the food we need to overcome. It is through this work that the substance of Christ is being formed, which establishes us to walk through the next pressure test and rejoice in it because of the work and life that is being performed in us. Romans 5, 3-5 is an example of this. Peter would come to the place in his life where he would be faced with the ultimate pressure test. His very life would be taken from him for Jesus' sake, and he would go through the pressure test and bring glory to the Father, being crucified upside down. Key observations of verse 26 to 75. The first one, God always gives us the solution to overcome every pressure test we face. Verse 26 to 28, Jesus gives the disciples bread and wine as his body and his life. Jesus has given us himself, and he is to be literally in us. John 6, 53 to 55. The word of God is to richly dwell in us. His grace, power, is to be in us. So when the pressure comes on, we walk through it. By faith and in rest, and we receive what we are to receive from the pressure test. We are to be in oneness with God, common union or communion with God. So just like the Son, we model His life. Communion isn't eating bread and wine, but receiving continuously the life of Christ revealed in us through the partaking of the Spirit. Jesus gave His life for us to have His life in full. He is the bread of life from heaven, and we are to eat his flesh and drink his blood, so we have his life in us. If we don't do this, Jesus says you will have no life in yourselves, John 6, 53. He says, my flesh is true food, and my blood is true drink, and he who eats and drinks my flesh and blood abides in me, John 6, 55. If we are living like this, we will overcome every pressure test because the Christ is being formed in us. Jesus is always proactive in giving us what we need before we need it. Are we proactive in receiving what we need before we need it? The second observation, Jesus speaks the true prophetic reality, Peter denying him three times, and also from the account of John 13.36, that he will in fact go where he has gone. While Peter talks from a place of pride, self-confidence, bravado, and his own strength, Peter doesn't believe the words of Jesus, but his own words. Are we like this? The third observation. Peter, James, and John can't even pass the mini-pressure test because although their spirit is willing, their flesh, their soul, their mind, will, and emotions are weak. This is why God gives us his, himself, his communion, his common union with him. He gives us himself the word, which is his physical life and his words. He asks them to keep watch and pray for one hour, but they fall asleep. 
God not only wants to save our spirit, but our soul, our flesh, mind and emotions and our body and present us as a whole to the Father. 1 Thessalonians 5.23, Romans 8.11, 2 Corinthians 4.10-12. If we are receiving his word the way he intends, then our soul, mind, will and emotion will be strong. We will be able to live the way Christ calls us to live. He is asking them and expecting them to pray and stay awake for one hour as he goes and prays to his Father, but they can't even do that. Their spirit is willing, but their flesh, their soul is weak. God is asking us and expects us to live a certain kind of way, a certain kind of life. How many of us are struggling to live the way God expects? Because just like Peter, James and John, our spirit is willing, but our flesh, our soul also is weak. They haven't yet had the spirit poured out upon them and into them. And yet we live in a time where the Spirit is fully available to us now. We need to be a lover of His food, His word, His life source, if we want to be able to live the way Jesus expects us to. It's the word that enables us to live as Jesus lived. Hence, Jesus gives us His word, Himself and His living words, bread, so we can partake of Him through the power of the Spirit. To not be partaking, abiding in Christ, will have us unable to live out the truth. We will want to and be willing to, but always never able to. And we will find ourselves grappling and never able to live truth out. We end up being dominated by our old mindsets, our own will, and our emotions direct our journey. And not too much changes. We need an encounter with God to unlock the dams, the walls we put up to keep us in control and keep us doing things our own way. We must come to the place of weakness of spirit where our pride-filled spirit breaks and a newfound hunger is released. We must surrender all to him and give him our entire lives through his power. We must admit we are defeated and completely unable to bring ourselves life and wholeness. We must give all and not just have incorporated Christ to our lives. We must be prepared to do whatever it takes and not stop until we receive this life-changing reality. The fourth observation. We see how fleshly Peter is by just how quick he is to respond in the natural, in the flesh. He can't stay awake and pray for an hour which is a sign of spiritual maturity. And in prayer is where many battles are won. But he is very quick to pick up a sword and start chopping people's ears off. He's quick to get involved in fleshly action, but not so quick to get involved in true spiritual action. Is the same for us? Keen to do things for God that he doesn't even ask us to do, or so functionally led and driven that we completely miss what Jesus wants and needs from us. Jesus didn't ask Peter to fight for him. He asked Peter to pray for him. Verse 53 to 54. Jesus needed his men to pray in his darkest moment and stay awake, not attempt to defend him from their flesh. Peter's flesh, his soul was weak when it came to spiritual matters. But his flesh soul was strong when it came to fleshly matters. Question for us. 
How quick are we to respond to the Spirit compared to the flesh? This is the mode of being Peter knew, hence he operated from it very quickly and with force. The only problem, it's the wrong operating system as a follower of Jesus Christ. Verse 47 to 54. The fifth observation. The last part is Peter going through the macro pressure test. He finds himself in the courtyard and being confronted by a servant girl, only to move on from this place to be confronted by another servant girl who accuses him of being with Jesus. This is the second denial to which a bystander comes up and also accuses him of being with Jesus, to which he denies knowing Jesus for the third time. And then the word Jesus gave him about denying him three times before the rooster crows is now his reality. After saying, even if all the others fall away, he never will, he is found out by the pressure test of whether he knew Jesus. When the pressure came on Peter's true posture of heart, he was exposed and our heart will be as well. We will then truly find out where we are genuinely at in and with Christ and our ability to live out what he asks. We can give him as much lip service as we want, but in the pressure test and tests is where we get to see whether any Deep spiritual formational work is done and being done within us. Peter is brought to the place of humility through this pressure test. His flesh, which is strong, is breaking. And the Bible says he went out and wept bitterly. Verse 75. Peter is being brought to his knees. The spirit of pride is cracking, breaking. The pressure test is having the desired outcome. It is making Peter realize his absolute need for Jesus and Jesus alone, as opposed to himself. As mentioned before, Peter goes back to fishing instead of going to Galilee, where Jesus will be. Jesus comes back and comes and finds Peter fishing and then brings him into his true calling and assignment. Jesus believes in us, and if we are surrendered to him and his Father's will, he will complete the work which he has started in us, Philippians 1, 5 and 6, and through us. God is for us and longs to see us receive all he has for us. Reasons why God allows the pressure test and even places us in pressure tests. Number one, to demonstrate to us just how much we need his word if we are to live the lives he is calling us to. Deuteronomy 8, 1 to 5. Matthew 4, 1-4, Job 1, verse 12. Secondly, to get us to where he longs for us to get to, so we come into his abundant life, and also so we accomplish his Father's will. Deuteronomy 8, 6-20, Acts 2, 14-36. What happens in the pressure test? One, our true heart state gets revealed for where it truly is at, the work done or not yet done. Number two, we are brought to a decision point. Will we turn to Christ or walk away from Christ? John 6, 67. Number three, all our ways of learning and understanding are tested to see if they produce real fruit, built on the true or false foundation, true or false knowledge, 
Philippians 1, 9-11, 1 Timothy 6, 20-21, Hebrews 11, verse 4, James 1, 3, 2 Corinthians 13, verse 5. As we eat his word and go through the pressure test so we come to realize our need for his word and we eat of it and drink of it, we start living lives and declaring realities that cause pressure tests for others. We start living in a way and speaking in a way that challenges those who are living their own way and for themselves. We then find ourselves coming under persecution by those in our lives. Those in our lives can be anyone and everyone who is still trying to live for self. Spouses, kids, parents-in-laws, parents, relatives, friends, brothers and sisters, strangers. Jesus' own family at one stage were against him and thought he had lost his mind. The persecution comes for our own household first. How are we to respond to this? We are to respond like him and so prove to be sons of God. Luke 6, 20-38, Matthew 5, 43-48. We are to love like Christ and continually to be present and be like he would be, praying, speaking, modeling, walking with, hearing and obeying. Jesus gives Peter clear instructions in John 13, 34 by giving him a new commandment. Peter didn't hear the new commandment, the word he was given to love his brothers as God loves us. And because he didn't have ears to hear, he was more concerned with why he couldn't go where Jesus was going. And when the pressure went on him, he was found out by denying he knew Jesus after saying he would die with him. It's our ability to hear the word that births and forms faith in us. So when we are required to live by faith, we can. If Peter had been obedient to do what he was asked by Jesus, could he could hear the word, verse 34, then faith would have been formed in him. So when he faced the pressure test, he would have overcome it rather than being overcome by the pressure itself. Failure to hear the word will have consequences for us. Can we hear what God asks of us rather than continue doing our own thing? Proverbs 14, 12. So the substance of faith is formed in us by his word. So when we are asked to step out in obedience, we are able to. It's his word in us that stands the test, the pressure test, and we overcome. The more faith we have, the more we live in an alignment to God's truth innately and authentically. It becomes the way of being or a natural mode of operation. 1 John 5 verse 4, 1 John 2 16. Peter operated from fear in the garden and not faith. He operated from an orphan spirit and not a sonship spirit. So when the Pharisees came to take Christ away, he jumped up and responded in fear because he thought he was losing Jesus. How do we respond to change, loss, offense, hardship, injustice when we don't receive what we expect we should? Jesus was being taken away from him in his eyes, so fear came out. Peter did the opposite to what Jesus asked him to do in the garden. He was asked to pray and not fight. He responded from fear and not faith all because he didn't have ears to hear what Jesus was teaching him 
When Peter needed faith, it wasn't present. Fear was. But after Jesus was raised and the Spirit would fill Peter with power, he would overcome every pressure test that would come his way. We must be a people of the Word who overcome the pressure tests that come our way or that God allows. So we glorify the Father. Be encouraged by this today in Jesus' name.